0: What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. Fun episode coming up for y'all today. We are taking a look at week two games, picks against the spread, and I am joined by none other than my best friend, Teddy Pristash. Uh, Teddy was on one episode with us last football season, we talked a lot about the Jets, his favorite. Uh, football team unfortunately we also talked a lot about Syracuse hoops back then too just a or I think it was Syracuse football actually um, but we've got him back now we had a fun time making all of these picks against the spread for week two talking through the games talking about where we agree where we disagree a lot of fun games coming up uh, really really just fun time with him uh, always a pleasure to have him on um, so I am very excited to uh, to uh, move through this I hope you all enjoy the picks um really not much else for me to say here before we get into it. Um you know, fun exciting game last night, Thursday night football between the Bengals and Browns. I'm very excited about the future of Joe Burrow. Browns hopefully look like they can get something going as long as they as long as they're a team that can get ahead early and protect the game in the, in the run game. I mean that they look they looked great protecting that lead, you know, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I know, I know the Bengals made a little comeback towards the end, but very impressed with the Browns. Like I said, I believe that they're going to be a winning football team this year, um, and they definitely proved that they, they, can, they can protect a, a fairly, you know, decently-sized lead. Um, so that's really all I got for you guys. We're going to kick it on over to, uh, to my conversation with Teddy. We're going to go through each game, like I said, picks against the spread, talk about what we really like, games that we're avoiding. Um, But of course, for the sake of of this episode, we made picks for every game. So hope you all enjoy it. Uh, We'll see on the other end. And uh, without further ado, let's let's send it along. All right. So we now welcome on the man, the myth, the legend Theodore Chapin Pristash uh, live from Syracuse, New York, has a Friday off. Ted has the the most interesting job in the world as a contact tracer uh, for COVID-19 um so ted i know we were able to do this it's friday morning you have plans to go golfing this afternoon you got just like a fun weekend plan meanwhile um hopefully one that i work with listens to this because i'm definitely recording during work hours but um you know we're here how's it going ted
1: you know it's it's going great i uh You're right, I have Friday off. I was all excited for a uh, great weekend. I forgot that I actually have to work the next two days, but I won't let that ruin my vibe. Exactly. Uh, But, yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling good, ready to watch some football.
0: Good, good. Well, we are here. We are going to play a little little game with each other. We're going to go through the Week 2 slate of the NFL season, give our picks against the spread, talk about the games, see how we do. If Ted likes it, he might be back next week. If he doesn't, it might just be me. Who knows? We'll just see how it goes. (laughs) Um, you know, but before we get into the upcoming games, Ted, we had a pretty fun Thursday night football game, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was very impressed with those teams
0: last night. I know. The text was so funny. You said these two teams would be absolutely demolishing the Jets right now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> they uh, just watching two teams, which granted, they're, they're, it's the Bengals and Browns playing each other, so it's not like they're like playing right. juggernaut teams, but you watch two teams who are... Actually, moving the ball and their plays seem to have some kind of design to them, and they they make smart decisions with their timeouts. And it it just watching the Jets is just nothing like that, and and it's discouraging to say the least.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll get we'll get through this season. You'll move on from Adam Gase. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the Jets. Yeah, my main my main impressions from from the game last night. I think everybody panicked a little too quick on the Browns' offense. Um, I had a guy in one of my dynasty leagues, after week one, he traded away Nick Chubb for David Johnson, and I was just, i it was something that, you know, I wanted, I, I don't veto trades, you know, I'll never do stuff like that, I wanted to, because I just like, I, I don't know, that didn't seem like a fair trade to me at all, Nick Chubb goes off, the duo with Kareem Hunt was electric, um, yes, the Bengals defense is bad, and, and, and you're right, it's two bad teams playing against each other, so you know to take into consideration how they both performed in week one. It's a much different showing. But, yeah, you have to you have to like what they got going in Cleveland. And for Cincinnati, man, Joe, it's two games in. Uh, he, he looks like he's got all the tools to do well in Cincinnati. So I was really excited about that game. Yeah, definitely. I was impressed. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, we'll move into the Sunday slate. We're going to work through each game, just give some updates on what we've had recently. Um, you know in, in their week one results give a couple updated notes and then we'll pass it along uh, picks against the spread We've sent the books out. So if the lines that you are hearing are different than what you've got now, sorry I think we stopped uh We, we put these lines out around Thursday afternoon with what we got off of uh, I use Bovada So it's just off of that. So we'll go down through each game uh, Talk about some of the, the key parts of it and then we'll go through with our picks. How's that sound Ted? Sounds good, looks good. Alright, perfect. So let's start off with the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Both teams are 0-1. Uh, Ted, I'm getting a little bit of feedback on there. I'm not sure if, you, if there's an echo that you can hear. Let's see. Is it still happening? No, no, you're good now. Alright, All right. perfect. Perfect, yeah. So we've got the Falcons taking on the Cowboys. Both teams lose in week one. Cowboys enter the game favored by four and a half points. Uh, Taking a look at what they did in week one, the Falcons really got blown up defensively by the Seattle Seahawks. I probably think they expected a little bit different look of a Seattle offense, and they just got pounded through the air. Um, Offensively, it looked good, though. You know, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley combined for 18 catches and 287 yards, while Russell Gage added nine catches for 114 yards. So very pass happy for the Atlanta Falcons. They are also down pretty early, so expected that they would go heavy in the uh, in the passing game. Uh, the Cowboys they lose a close one on Sunday Night Football to the Rams. CeeDee Lamb five catches, fifty nine yards in his debut. Zeke added ninety six and a touchdown on the ground. My main thing with this upcoming game is something that people need to talk about way more. Um, you know, with the Cowboys being favored four and a half uh, against a really good offensive football team, their injuries are terrifying uh, so before the season they lose defensive tackle Jared Gerald McCoy for the year they end up having to cut him or wave him right now they've got right tackle Lyle Collins on the IR offensive tackle Cam Irving on the IR Sean Lee IR Leighton Vanderesh, IR with a broken collarbone starting tight end Blake Jarwin out for the season with a torn ACL so the Cowboys already after week one already you know lose key parts of their secondary like Byron Jones in free agency um, you know they've replenished. They've tried to replenish the secondary through the draft. Um, they are entering Week Two with one of the more banged-up rosters in football. Um, Atlanta, meanwhile, you know, look, I think the way that they finished last season, um, Dan Quinn was given you know another year to make things work. They really need to start off the year strong, or else I definitely think you know Dan Quinn could be one of those early head coaches that are let go. Um, Ted, before I give my pick, I'll pass it to you. Hear your thoughts on the game, and if you want to give your pick there as well too, uh, we can start with that.
1: Sure. Uh, so I, um, my problem with the Falcons is I feel like they're always screwing me over when it comes to betting. Um, and so the worst. I, I, when I was preparing for this pick, I actually uh, I googled what their against the spread was last year because I expected it to be like four and twelve but they were actually 8-8, eight and eight, so I think that it just turns out that I just always bet them when <laughs> I shouldn't, and I don't bet them when I should. Um, I'm still going to go to the Cowboys um, with the spread. Um, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I just think that um, I think both teams have three solid receivers, um, but I just think that um, Ezekiel Elliott will, will be the difference, and, and they'll be able to kind of control the game at the end of the game when it's high-scoring, So, mm-hmm. so I'm picking the Cowboys.
0: Nice, yeah, I agree. This is going to be a, an amazing off. I agree with you on that. This is going to be an amazing offensive matchup. I think you know two talented quarterbacks in Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott. They're not the elites, but they're in that crowd beneath them. Um, the wide receiver trios, like you were saying, are terrific for both teams. Um, both you know are are missing a little bit of tight end depth, but then of course you know Todd Gurley isn't Todd Gurley, but it's a fun matchup when you get Gurley and and Zeke going against each other. Uh, we're going to start off disagreeing here. I'm actually picking the Falcons to win this game outright. I'm taking them plus four and a half. I really do think the injuries on defense are really concerning, especially at the linebacker position. Um, and and so you know whether that's a big game you know coming for Hayden Hurst or some of those receivers working over the middle, um, I am I I'm putting my faith in Atlanta's <laughs> offense to really carry through over a banged up Dallas team. Um, I know that the 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 Falcons' pass rush isn't great, too, but missing those tackles is going to be huge. I think it's going to be a close one, so I'm not just saying that the Falcons are going to blow the roof off, but I am going to take them to move to 500. I'm going to take them plus 4.5 in this one. All right, we'll see who wins. Yeah, so we'll start off with a disagreement. Maybe we'll pick things up around the way. um, and then So we'll move on now to the uh, Bills-Dolphins game. Ted uh, you know firsthand how the bills did last week they finally put up uh, you know a, a decent amount of points against the Jets my knock always with the bills was like they they never had that many offensive games where they just you know kept pouring on the points it was always these close victories um, they get in the high 20s against the Jets last week uh, Stefan Diggs with eight catches and 86 yards in his Bills debut um, the Dolphins meanwhile they lose by 10 to the New England Patriots which isn't that bad of a result but then when you look at it you know, the Patriots were playing very conservatively. The Dolphins, you know, meanwhile, Ryan Fitzpatrick, three picks and no touchdowns. Offensively, very no, uh, very little success um, from the Dolphins. Look, I am a Brian Flores believer. I think that they have got something good as with the head coach. I think it's a guy that really gets the most out of his players. He reminds me of, you know, uh, he really does seem like a guy that gets it from the New England system. We'll talk about teams like the Lions later on. And, and, and these coaches that have come from New England, I really like Brian Flores. I think it's going to take some time. He really gutted that roster and is building it the way that he wants it. Um, but I don't think it's going to be this year. Obviously, they're still waiting on Tua Tungavailoa to really get into the groove before they hand him the keys to the Ferrari. Um, Ted, what do you see with this game here? It's an AFC East matchup. You know, these, these teams always play each other tight. Uh, give, me, give me kind of your breakdown on this one.
1: Yeah, so um, so I, I agree with you. I, I like what the Dolphins are doing as a franchise. Um, um, I think they're making the right moves, um, but I just don't think they're there. I think the Bills, as much as I hate them, <laughs> um, I think that they just again they're they're also doing the right things. But I think they're they're just arrived. Their offense actually did look great with Stephon Diggs. Um, now, granted, I don't think the Bills are going to have as great of a season as everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's pretty high on the Bills, but. I do think against the Dolphins they get it done pretty easily, um, so I'll be taking the Bills.
0: Yep, we'll agree here. I'm going to take the Bills minus six. The one thing that I really need to see out of Buffalo this game to really give me that upper level confidence, like you're saying, that you know to to go along with the hype that's being built around them, is I need to see a lot more out of the combo of, of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Um, I thought that they had some you know nice plays where they worked well, uh, you know, feeding off each other. But um, the rushing totals weren't really there. The yards per carry weren't that terrific. So um, really what I want to see is those two be able to really carry things along. I know they lose a guy like Frank Gore, who was a pretty solid guy, uh, you know, in, in place with um, with Singletary. And now he's, you know, over with, with your Jets team, Ted. But I like the Bills here, too. Um, I, I'd expect this to probably, like the, the New England game, be in the double-digit wins. Um, but I agree. Dolphins are building something, but the Bills are, are the good team right now. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a minus six. So uh, moving on to our third game of the week, we're going to go down to Tampa Bay. We've got an NFC South matchup. Uh, the Panthers 0-1, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 0-1 as well too. The Buccaneers open this one as nine-point favorites. Um, and, and they lose by nine to the Saints on the road in week one. Brady throws two picks in his Tampa Bay debut. Leonard Fournette uh, really wasn't given a lot of carries. He's still figuring out the offense, um, but five carries for five yards on his new team. Meanwhile, the Panthers lose a barn burner uh, to the Raiders 34-30. Robbie Anderson, six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown in his Carolina debut. Teddy Bridgewater plays plays pretty well for the majority of the game. You know, Limits the turnovers, high completion percentage, gets things done, but they lose just a back-and-forth battle with the Raiders. Um, My big thing when you take a look at this game, you take a look at the spread, you take a look at the teams, the Buccaneers, I I think they're getting way too much hate for losing by nine to the New Orleans Saints, who are one of the best teams in football that brought back essentially their entire roster. You know, we're going to see this early on in the year where a lot of these teams that have getting new parts, new quarterbacks, new coaches, new rosters, new schemes, it is going to take some time for those teams to get going. You know the Buccaneers only losing by nine to the Saints kind of is you know a surprise. To, is, it was a pleasant surprise to me, um, especially when you take into consideration that there was a pick six, there were a couple fluky plays in there that didn't go their way. Um, you know, and, and when I look at the Panthers, I like Matt Rule. Um, I, I think that you know he is going to have a really nice career here in the NFL, um, especially in Carolina, kind of like in the Dolphins, where I think it's just going to take some time. I'm not a firm believer in Teddy. Um, I, I do think that the the Panthers. I think I predicted in my last episode end up with one of the worst records um, in all of football, and that's you know part of you know being you know uh, you know having a depleted roster, but then also being in a division with the Buccaneers and the Saints and you know a high powered Falcons offense. Um, so I'm high on the Buccaneers. I'm not too high on the Panthers. Um, I'll give my pick on this one before I pass it to you, Ted. I'm going to take the Bucks by nine. I, I don't feel great about it. Um, I do think they can win by 10 against this team. They're a much better offense than the Raiders, and they're an extremely, extremely much better defense than the Raiders. Um, I think that the Raiders definitely have one of the um, worst you know, defenses in football, if you want to throw them up there along with the Giants and the Jets, teams like that. So I think, um, I think that you know, the Buccaneers probably win this one by double digits. Uh, just because of of the playmakers they've got on offense and the strong front seven they've got. Um, Really exciting matchup, Ted. I'll I'll give you this one. I'm excited to watch DJ Moore uh, take on Carlton Davis, cornerback from uh, Auburn, who is in his second season, I believe. He was a a second-round draft pick for Tampa, Um, and so him covering DJ Moore will be a fun matchup to watch. Just two young guys that love to get at it, Um, but I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win by double digits in this one.
1: Yeah, I... uh... I, I agree with everything you're saying about the uh, the Bucks. I think everyone loves to overreact to week one. Um, and I think that was definitely to be expected, whichever way that um, Saints game had gone. If they had won, everyone would be talking about Tampa Bay Super Bowl. If they had lost, we're seeing everyone's talking about um, it's not going to work. Right. For me, I think this game going to be a high-scoring game as well. Um, Kind of like you said, I don't really love either pick. Um, I think I would take the over. I have it at forty eight right now. Um, I'm just gonna go with the Panthers just because I think nine is a lot of points, and I think both teams put up a lot of points. I think the Panthers could score in garbage town, or excuse me, garbage time maybe, and, mm-hmm. and cover the spread, backdoor cover, or something like that. So uh, it's kind of same with
0: you. I don't love the pick, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Panthers. Right, yeah, if you're making me pick one like we're doing this for the sake of, of this episode, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm taking the Buccaneers just because I have more faith in the roster. Um, but I agree, this this just doesn't seem, this isn't a game that I'm going to go out there and bet on the spread comfortably and say, okay, yeah, I feel really good about the Buccaneers winning by double digits. There's just so much unknowns here. We have we have no idea uh, with either of these teams. So, all right, so you're taking, the, uh, you're taking the Panthers plus nine on this one. So we agree on the bill so far. I would disagree on the Cowboys, Falcons, and Buccaneers, Panthers. I'm excited to see what you think about this next one, because I've got a very um, interesting opinion on this next game. So We're going to Pittsburgh now, where the 0-1 Denver Broncos um, travel to the Steelers, who are 1-0. Steelers favored by just over a touchdown, 7.5 points. Uh, Both of these teams played on Monday Night Football in Week 1. The Broncos lost on that game-winning field goal to the Titans after having more than enough chances to, to win that game, really. Uh, that, that should have been a game they won comfortably, um, especially the way things went you know, with the Titans blowing 10 points alone from Steven Gostowski. Um, Noah Fant looked really good. Uh, again, he's a guy that I love the potential he's got. Five catches, 81 yards and a touchdown, while Melvin Gordon had 18 total touches in his Broncos debut for 86 yards and a score. Uh, they do lose Philip Lindsay for a little bit. Um, got, got a little banged up, so gotta watch how um, you know, confident they are in Melvin Gordon carrying the entire workload, at least for the, the foreseeable future. I um, mean, then meanwhile, Pittsburgh, they beat out the Giants on Monday Night Football. It looked a little bit closer than it should have been, obviously. Big Ben did look pretty good against the Giants. 229, three touchdowns, no picks. It was the Benny Snell Jr. show, uh, 113 yards on the ground, uh, 19 carries. Um, my thing with this game is I think I, I think Monday night ended... And since it was, you know, a primetime game, everybody's watching it, and everybody felt really good about the Steelers. So pumped. Okay, Big Ben is back. You know, they looked great defensively. Uh, you know, uh, what's-his-name had a really good uh, game, Deontay Johnson. It's like maybe they found their wide receiver too. I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on Pittsburgh. I do think that they're a good team. Uh, I believe I picked them to finish the season with a 9-7 and record, so I think they are a winning football team. But we have to consider that the Giants – have I mean I mean Ted? It's like it's like I said. It's up there with the Raiders and the Jets as one of the worst defenses in football, and especially one of the worst secondaries. So, yeah, Big Ben looked good. I think he that's probably going to be one of the easiest defenses he has to face all season. Um, meanwhile, the Broncos. It, it it was a it was a tough loss. You know you you don't have your entire healthy offense. You know you obviously have some tackle concerns. Uh, you lose your right tackle for the entire year who opts out for the season. Um, you know, you don't have Cortland Sutton. You don't have K.J. Hamler to, to get those, uh, you know, early game experiences in. You lose Von Miller defensively. Um, I, I really like the Broncos this year. Um, I, I think that, you know, they're kind of one of those teams where if everything goes right, they could win way more games than expected. Um, but I, I'm not feeling great about the Steelers here. Um, I You know, it's... It's a tough one for me. Ted, where do you think with this game? I'm, I'm still in my head kind of debating where I'm going with this one.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I think that's interesting because for me, it's it's kind of um, completely opposite. I I spent the whole offseason hearing people um, kind of discuss the Steelers and um, whether Big Ben was going to still have it or not. And I don't know maybe if it's just because of the age I'm at and, and the type of football I've grown up watching and watching Big Ben. But I, I think – He's just getting kind of um, disrespected in terms of, of how good of a player he is. Um, I think everyone everyone wants to answer this
0: question of, of what are what is Big Ben without Antonio Brown but we've seen Big Ben be Big Ben without Antonio Brown
1: so, so, um, I really like the Steelers all year. I think they're going to have a, um, a good season. I think their defense played really well. Um, I will take into account what you said about the Giants um, having one of the worst defenses mm-hmm. in the league. I do agree with you there. But I also think if you watch that game, um, it took about like a quarter, maybe a, um, a quarter and a half in for Big Ben to really lock in, um, and I think then once that happened, it was just kind of off to the races. So mm-hmm. I really like the Steelers here, um, minus 7.5. Maybe I'd consider buying a half point, putting it down to 7, but I just, yeah. I think the Broncos are too banged up. If they had all their um, all their pieces on offense, maybe I'd think differently, but but I, I really like the Steelers. It's one of my favorite picks, mm-hmm. um, Steelers minus 7.5.
0: Okay, so one of your favorite picks. Okay, so yeah, I, I, so we, we differ here again, too. I am going to take Broncos plus 7.5, and, and, and it is concerning. You know, it is a decent amount of points to take. Plus, you have to consider you got a West Coast type team traveling for an early Sunday game on the East Coast. So that also, that's just one of those typical like sketchy games to, to bet on. Um, I I did pick um, in our Stampede Blue staff picks. I did pick the uh, I, I picked the Broncos to win this game. Um, I'm gonna stick with it. I, I think I, I really think that the Broncos have a very good team here. Um, I'm gonna t- I feel more comfortable taking them plus seven and a half than I do to win outright. Um, I just think that a lot of these teams, like week two is such week one is such a overreaction type weekend where I think yes. a lot yes. of these teams are way closer um, than what we think they are in terms of in terms of just like where they stack up and how their rosters are built and how good of a team they are. So I, I'm trying to lower my expectations of the Steelers going into this one, and I think that if anything, the Broncos are probably really pissed off about how they weren't able to close out that game, um, and I, I think they come back, um, they win that one, and I'm going to take them plus seven and a half.
1: Well, uh, at least if, if the, to the people listening, they're, uh, they're getting some varying opinions here.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, they're getting a lot of difference. We, we only have agreed so far on the Bills, so maybe we'll agree on this next one. I, I hope so. Uh, I, I foresee us agreeing. <laughs> okay, perfect. So we've got the NFC North matchup, the Detroit Lions 0-1. Traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers, 1-0. Packers favored 6.5 in this one. Rodgers and Devontae Adams absolutely torch the Minnesota secondary in week one. They win 43-34. Really, that game was way more of a blowout than, than it looks when that final score. The Vikings put on a lot of you know late points as they tried to make a comeback. It was it was really a dominant showing by the Packers. Uh, meanwhile, the Lions—they blew a 23-6 lead in the fourth quarter to Mitch Trubisky yeah. and that Bears yeah. offense. Um, blew that one. They had just—they the, had the easiest, easiest opportunity to close that out in one quarter alone. Uh, gave up 21 unanswered to end up losing that one. This is one of those games I—I'm I, not going to give you a, a whole lot of insight on, or you know, spew out all these facts. To me, this is a very good Packers team against a very bad detroit team especially not even just bad because i love a lot of players on detroit like i'm a big matt stafford guy um you know i i like that they've got you know three running backs that are very uh you know they offer different things ap looked pretty good again Um, but i am i'm officially out on matt patricia i was really going to give him some leeway um into this season i was going to give him about four to five weeks but after that post-game, uh, in that post-game press conference where he was talking about uh, where, where a reporter questioned him because the, the Lions, you know, end up giving up a lot of points at the end of games, and he got really defensive. I, I don't know if you've seen this clip, Ted, but he kind of snapped back at the reporter and made a comment about, well, I have one of the, the most decorated defensive stops in NFL history in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, so, you know, you know, what do you think about that? And it's like, dude, okay, cool, you were the defensive coordinator for the Patriots. And right. and you're lucky. You are so lucky that one of your backup cornerbacks just happened to read a slant and get a a, a game-winning interception. Yeah. Like you almost yeah. lost that game. I, I didn't see that. Oh, bit, dude, that's, that's he, he got so cranky with the reporter. I was like, "Okay, if he needs to def- if he feels the need to defend himself that bad, I am sold uh, on I uh, I'm not sold on on Matt Patricia. I'm giving up." Um I'm talking too much about this game. I'm talking way more than I need to about this. I've got the Packers six and a half. I think they win big. Good team against a bad team. That's where I leave it.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. I I just said I love
0: that Steelers bet. I like this bet even more. Um, This is, looking at this, this
1: potentially could be my favorite bet of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, like you said, I just think the Packers are a great team. I think Aaron Rodgers is coming out to... trying to silence the doubters, even even the doubters on his own team, yeah. um, I think, and, and yeah,
0: I think this is an easy one, Packers minus six and a half. Yep, there we go. So we're back agreeing now. Let's see if we can keep things rolling. We have got a battle of the top two overall picks from the 2017 NFL Draft, Jared Goff and the LA Rams traveling to Philadelphia, one of those West Coast traveling to East Coast uh, for a, you know an early afternoon game, taking on Carson Wentz and the and one Philadelphia Eagles, Rams favored by a point, uh, traveling on the road, so you say at a neutral site, it's minus four. You would give Rams minus seven if this was a home one. Uh, Looking at what they did week one, the Eagles were absolutely embarrassed by the Washington football team. They blew a 17-point lead, meanwhile gave up eight sacks to that Washington front seven. On the reverse side, the Rams started off their season really strong with a convincing win over the Cowboys on Sunday night football. Big thing with the Rams, man, is they got that run game going. Todd Gurley is out. Now it's more of that real committee feel, kind of like what you see with the 49ers where, you know, Sean McVay almost was, was trapped a little bit, it looks like, when you have a guy like Todd Gurley. You know, when you have that feature back, it's like, we have to just keep giving him the ball. We're paying him so much money. Um, the the run offense seemed a lot more established with the combo of Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson. Um, and, and so I, I, was, I was very impressed with what we saw by the Rams in week one. Um, it definitely raised my expectations for them this season. This is a close. This is a close game. You know, you got to take in consideration the Eagles are going to be pissed as all hell that they blew that game, um, and, and the Rams look. They want to make a. They want to make a. They always want to make a, a case that they made the right decision in drafting Jared Goff over Carson Wentz. So, uh, very exciting game in Philadelphia. Ted, how do you see this one playing out?
1: Yeah. So. Um, so, for me. What you said about the Rams, I agree. Um, I think that they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Um, I think the Eagles are just inconsistent. Um, this is another game I don't I don't absolutely love the pick just because of all the different variables. Um, but I do I'm, – I'm putting my stake in the Rams this year. I, I, I mm-hmm. think the Rams are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. So I'm taking the Rams minus one. Um, I, I believe in Sean McVay. I believe in um, – Jared Goff and those receivers that he has, like you were saying, I, I love the committee. Um, I think, I think Malcolm Brown. Um, people kind of forget about him. I think he's very underrated. And then you have um, Cam Akers, and then Daryl Henderson, who's who's um, who's a reliable back. So so I'm going Rams.
0: Yeah, I'm going Rams too. I completely agree. I think they're back to being a playoff team this year. Another thing, you know, we talked about how the run game looked a lot better too. Um, and, and that just goes so far in helping Jared Goff, giving him more time in the pocket. What I was really yep. excited about, too, on the other side of the ball is Jalen Ramsey looked electric. He looked like top you know, top cornerback in the league electric uh, in that yep. week one yep. matchup. And the thing that I always think about is when a, when a star player gets traded to a new team in the middle of the season, there is so much changing that it's going to take some time to get used to a new scheme, a new, a new roster, how to work with your new teammates in that secondary. Um, so I, I was a little down on Jalen Ramsey at the end of last season because it wasn't great what we saw when he was starting things out um, in in Los Angeles. He looked electric. I'm excited about the Rams. I agree. Um, I, I think they're a playoff team again. Uh, meanwhile, I am I I'm, I'm really low on the Eagles this year. Um, especially you know I, it's one of those things where it's like okay, how hard do you overreact to them losing to the to the uh, Washington football team in Week One? But With their offensive line banged up, Miles Sanders is back, which is great. You still have a few um, injuries at receiver. And then defensively, you've added some help in the secondary. It's still a little spare in the front seven for me. Fletcher Cox also did not look that great. Um, He should have disrupted the the interior of that Washington uh, offensive line way more than he did. Um, I, I feel pretty good about taking the Rams minus one on this one. Yeah, the travel and the early game concerns me, but... We've got two agreeing picks here in a row with the Packers and the Rams. I'm taking them to win, and I think they win pretty big, too. Yeah, okay. Perfect. I like that. Great. So let's talk about now my uh, favorite football team who had probably, you know, just as disappointing of a loss as the Eagles did. There were a lot of high expectations coming in for the Indianapolis Colts this year. Um, They blew, uh, you know, a week one um, road game in Jacksonville to the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew torched up that defense. Um, The Colts, I don't think they've won a season opener in seven years now, I believe. I think they've gone seven or eight years starting off the season 0-1, and we also haven't won in Jacksonville in four years now, or four or five years. Either way, it just seems to be one of those things that we just can't avoid is losing in Jacksonville losing the season opener. Um, I was really hoping that they would win that one obviously and it it was just a frustrating game uh, because they did look really good offensively uh, but defensively they just got torched by Jacksonville. Uh, They have the Minnesota Vikings traveling into town fresh off of that loss as we were talking about earlier to the Green Bay Packers. Adam Thielen was a baller, uh, definitely does look like they need some help at that wide receiver two position. Obviously they got to get the tight ends a little more involved as well too. you know, it's tough. The Vikings, they want to run that offense. They want to be conservative. They want to run the football. It's kind of a situation just like with, uh, oh, God, what team was I thinking about this with earlier, where it's like once you get out of your game plan, oh, I was thinking about it with the Browns in week one. Once you're down so much and you're a team right. that needs to run the football to win, it's it's tough to come back. So I felt that way with the Vikings. They almost made the comeback happen. Um, but both teams 0-1. Minnesota traveling to the Colts. Neutral site, it's a pick 'em Since they're at home, the Colts are favored by three. Teddy... Why do I feel good about the Colts? Please make me feel comfortable in betting them minus three this week.
1: Yeah, um, it's kind of the same with the Rams. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting my stake in the Colts this year. I, I think they're going to be a good team. I love their offense. I love the pieces that they have. I definitely would feel more confident um, had Marlon Mack not gone down. Yeah. But I do think that Jonathan Taylor um, it's definitely probably the more talented back, and I think that's what they would have wanted to see anyway is him overtaking that position mm-hmm. um so for me it's just i think the vikings are a, a decent team but i just against good teams i'm just more likely to, to not side with the vikings i think the vikings can get their wins um when they come against average or subpar teams and then and then maybe sometimes against those those above average teams but i just i just think the colts are just a better team um i think they're a better run organization, um, and honestly, I, I love it. I think Colts minus three, I was expecting, like, minus five, minus, minus five and a half, so mm-hmm. so I'm liking Colts minus three. I'm, I'm definitely taking that.
0: Yeah, definitely losing to the Jaguars helped out this spread here in week one, made definitely. it a lot smaller, so that's nice, too. I, I, I agree with you. I'm taking the Colts. The Marlon Mack injury just, it, it flat out sucks. Um, he, you know, he really, the the... the the hype in training camp was real around Marlon Mack. Like, there's a reason he was still the starter over Jonathan Taylor. I expected that Mack would have been the starter for the full season, and then in the off offseason, um, yes. you know, they, they would have let Mack, you know, enter free agency. His contract is up. Devastating injury for him specifically. Now you enter free agency, you know, with no, you know, you don't have an entire season's worth of stats to, you know, prove your worth to get another contract. And, a, you know, an Achilles injury for a running back is devastating. Um, I agree, though. It's exciting to get Jonathan Taylor involved in the offense. He's going to be given, you know, every opportunity to dominate. Um, I think I saw ESPN is projecting like 16 points out of him already in week one, which is very exciting if you were able to, to get him in your fantasy drafts. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm going to take the Colts here minus three. The the Vikings the, the interesting thing with the Vikings is they they were so predicated on defense You know Mike Zimmer's defense is phenomenal. It's a good defensive scheme. It's very sound They lost a lot of pieces in free agency. The secondary is not nearly what it used to be um, in the front seven Yeah, they trade for Yannick Ngakwe um, But they also lose guys in the middle of that defense like Linval Joseph went to the Chargers, so I expect the Colts offensive line to have a field day um, I expect Philip Rivers to have a lot of time in the pocket and then, look, really what the Colts need to do defensively is they need to try and limit Adam Thielen as much as possible. Now, I don't think that that is going to necessarily work as well as they want to. I'm sure Kirk and Thielen will get their yards. Um, but given the fact that I don't love the receivers so far outside of Thielen, you know, Justin Jefferson yeah. will continue to get more involved. But I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Colts on this one. Um, and they'll, they'll get back to, to 500. Vikings will fall down to 0-2
1: there with you for
0: sure perfect so we go from talking about my team we'll go to talk about yours now uh the new york jets 0-1 lose a uh, lose a tough tough look uh, to the to the buffalo bills in week one look it's a good team it's a great defense so it's it's always going to be tough playing against buffalo especially a divisional matchup they are hosting the traveling san francisco 49ers who you know out of teams that they got to be pissed off i mean you know you come off of a, a near super bowl win you open up your season against you know, really, uh it, it still is a bad roster in Arizona. It's a, it's a really, you know, it's not a great defense. The offensive line is still really bad, but they've got a lot of good playmakers. They've got Kyler Murray. They lose to the Cardinals in Week One. To me, I see this one. You know, right now we've got the 49ers who are favored by a touchdown. I see the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan pissed as all hell. I think that he is one of the guys that. You know, fresh off a loss, he always designs the next game plan to just go out and flat out dominate, which doesn't spell well for, for a Giants a Jets defense that I think is towards the bottom of the league. Ted, we've got a really good 49ers team playing against your Jets. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm not going to make a pick for this game um, because I refuse to uh, <laughs> right. say anything bad about the Jets. Uh, <laughs> now... Uh, what i do want to say um i just think the 49ers are a good team they do have some injuries maybe that can help the jets who knows i'm rooting for them i always yeah. get my hopes up so i'm not i'm not i'm not giving a pick for this just cuz i don't want to <laughs> i'm
0: i'm but. so excited for the graphic to to go through here and it'll it'll show my pick and then next to yours it's just going to say refuses to pick <laughs> like that's just that's going to look great <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and 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 what i want to say about the jets first thing Sam Darnold needs to play better. Um, yeah. I believe in Sam Darnold. I think he's a great player. He did not play well last week, plain and simple. Um, but I think he can play better. I think he will play better. I think he'll lift up the people around him. I think that um, Adam Gase, obviously, is the worst coach in the league. Yeah. Um, and what's what's so frustrating about it is that if I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I pay attention to a lot of fantasy. Everyone has known for the past two years, the two years that Adam Gase has been there, that he is the worst head coach in the league that he can't get it done without Peyton Manning, that he never has and and I don't believe he'll ever turn it around and that's why it's so frustrating to me that even now I feel like the Johnsons the owners of the Jets still want to back him and if he ends up with like four or five wins, Mm -hmm. they'll still say, oh maybe let's give him
0: another year I just think they're so out of touch
1: And and it's just very frustrating. Um, I don't want to keep ranting about the Jets. I will say Jets have the best uniform in the league. That's a nice (laughs) thing I can say about them. Everyone always shits on it, but sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. Yeah, no,
0: you can. um, But uh, yeah,
1: so so I'm not making a pick. Let's (laughs) go Jets. (laughs) <laughs> sucks. Yeah, it's
0: It's frustrating, too, because when you look at, you know, eventually when they do decide to move on from Gase, I, I hope, you know, for the sake of the future of the franchise, I hope that they have one of the worst records in football so they can move on from Gase. Obviously, you're my friend. I have other friends that are Jets fans. I want to see them do well. I, I You know, I don't want to root against Sam Darnold. Um, what's frustrating, too, is there are a lot of good head coaches that are being hired right now, and the Jets are just missing out on those opportunities. Right. That's frustrating. You know, if you could have... yeah.
1: Just one more thing I just want to add um, that's frustrating is, is just the fact that when you watch the Jets, it is, there's other bad teams in this league. The Jets aren't the only bad team, but, but other teams can at least play competitively. The Jets, yeah. for for so long now, and and all of last year, even the games they won, the games they win are ugly, and the games they lose are blowouts. I I, I want to be able to watch a competitive football team that can move the ball, and and it's just it's very frustrating.
0: Yeah, I hear you. It, it, it is rough. I, 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 going back to the head coaches thing, I mean, think of guys that have been hired recently. You know, uh, you maybe could have gotten a guy like Brian Flores, who I love. You know, Cliff was a little bit of a risky pick. It seems to be paying off right now, whether it's, you know, more Cliff or Kyler Murray. But there's another guy there. Um, a guy like Matt Rule was available. Yeah. You know, the New England Disciples that are being hired. There's a lot of good coaches that, unfortunately, the Jets are missing out on. Um, yeah, and for
1: me, for me, I go back to, to Mike McCarthy, who, was, who it was basically him and Gase. Yep. And yeah, Listen, I don't love Mike McCarthy as a coach, but but Mike McCarthy did bring the Packers to a Super Bowl. Like like you had right. the option of bringing in a guy who has that experience of this is what a good team looks like, and instead you bring in a guy whose only success is as an offensive coordinator with a team that's ran by Peyton Manning, one of the best one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Right. So you get get a guy who's never shown any anything, as opposed to a guy who you could. Who, who, who has that Super Bowl pedigree and experience. So, for me, it just – I said this the last time I was on your podcast. I'll say it again. The Jets continue to be the, the, the most poorly managed team in the NFL. They're, yeah. Yeah. They're ruining they're, they're they're, Darnold. It's just—it's frustrating. They're, they're the,
0: frustrating. they're the Knicks. They're the Knicks of football. Yeah, they they really the are. Knicks. The Knicks are the same way. Where it's just like from ownership down, it just never. Yeah. It, it, and it's not even like you said. It's not the you know the close games. It's blowouts and then wins. You know, you kind of consider a little fluky when they happen. So it's like, right. and, and they just ruin very talented young players' careers. Obviously, I know nothing, I, I know way more, you know, about that in recent memory with how the Colts, you know, they, they ruined the career of Andrew Luck. It, it's frustrating. I'm at the point now where young quarterbacks in the league, I, and I see the situations they're in, like watching the, the game last night, and watching Burrow just get thrown around, I'm like, man, you gotta protect him. Like, you yeah. can you can lose a franchise quarterback so easily by not building around him, and it's it's so frustrating, and I and I agree with Sam because look, he could be a good quarterback. He can be a really good quarterback, um, but you know, you really you can't do much with the situation that's put around you. So it's unfortunate. Um, so that stops our streak of three agreeing picks in a row. Look, I'm I'm gonna say that we agree on four in a row. You just don't want to put it out there, but. uh I'm taking the 49ers minus seven. I guess I, I hadn't said my pick yet. I think this is a double-digit win, or a really good team against a bad team, much like I was saying the Packers with the Lions. So um, we'll move on from this one, stop talking about our two teams, and, and we've got, let's see, we've got six games left here on the docket. Next one, AFC South matchup. We have got the, sorry, 1-0 Tennessee Titans hosting the 1-0 Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jags, of course, Gardner Minshew looks electric against the Colts secondary. Uh, We see some cool plays in there from, you know, new wide receiver and rookie uh, Levinska Chenault. Uh, DJ Chark had a good game as well, too. Defensively, they made some plays despite having a very um, empty roster. It's basically, at this point, Miles Jack and a bunch of young guys that are promising but haven't gotten there yet. And then, meanwhile, the Titans... They, they should have won, you know, that game big. Uh, if you take into consideration all the points that Steven Gostowski didn't get for the Titans, they should have won that one by double digits. They do still get the win. Very good defense. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill looked, looked pretty good. I'll, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, he, he didn't look awful. I, I was ex- I'm expecting um, in this season, you know, my big pick with the Titans was that we were going to see a massive regression. He didn't look bad. Um, You know, a big game from Corey Davis, um, and the word on the street is is that a lot of what I was seeing after the game, a lot of Titans uh, beat writers who have covered the team all summer, they knew that Corey Davis was going to have a breakout season, Um, and so the way he looked in week one, I was going to be on the side of like, okay, well, let's see what actually happens, but hearing that he's been very impressive in camp um, just means even much more for, you know, their outlook on offense. Cause now you've got AJ Brown and Corey Davis. If both of those guys are hitting along with John U. Smith, uh, that offense can be very good. So, uh, the Jaguars traveling to Tennessee, um, the Jags or the Titans, I'm sorry, are favored by nine points. It's a, it's a big spread Ted, kind of like what we're seeing with the Buccaneers. It's early in the season. Where are you going with this one?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, the way I see the Titans, I I, I don't disagree with you um, on on a, a possible Tannehill regression, but for me, I just think the pieces they have around him fit so well. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry, who can take over any game, run out the clock, let keep your time of possession high. Um, then I think when you have. If you're thinking about a quarterback that you don't have a lot of confidence in, but then you put AJ Brown who's a guy you can just throw up jump balls to. You have Adam Humphreys who's a good slot guy mm-hmm. and then Corey Davis who's who's benefiting off of all those all that coverage that they're putting on AJ Brown. Then you also add in John U. Smith. I just I think that the pieces around him are perfect for um For the type of quarterback he is and and for kind of helping him out and bailing him out in times Um, Mm -hmm. so and for me I I don't know if I think the Titans are going to be this big juggernaut team this year but I do think that they will um, especially against bad teams I think they're going to I think they're going to roll and for me this is a big spread but I think with just the way they're going to get a lead early and then just take over the game with Derrick Henry I I see them winning by 10 for sure Um, so Titans minus 9 is my
0: pick yeah, man, I went back and forth on this one a lot, and and I'm probably giving the Jags too much credit for how they beat the Colts just based on where I expected the Colts to be in Week One. Um, so I'm probably going to be wrong on this one. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take uh, the Jags to cover. Um, I, I could definitely see this being a you know a you know Titans win by a touchdown. Um, the, the Titans defense is definitely way better than the Colts right now, at least when you consider all three levels of you know consistency, especially the secondary. You know, the, the Tennessee secondary is, is very good, so I don't expect Gardner to have as as good of a game as he did last time. But these two teams typically play each other pretty close. Um, and you know, I, I expect the Titans to win this one pretty easily. This might be one of those situations like you were saying with the Panthers where it's like a backdoor cover. I just see the Jags. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Like I'm not I'm not gonna bet this spread, honestly. You know, I might tease it I, I might tease it a little bit, if anything, but um, I, I think I'm going to take the Jags plus nine. Maybe they just come back a little bit in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, get a late touchdown in there and kind of ruin it. So, um, so we're going to disagree on this one. I'm going to go with the Jags plus nine. Still taking the Titans to win this one, though. All right. So we have got let's see, five games remaining. We're getting into the late afternoon slate now. We yeah, are... and
1: and we missed uh we missed Giants Bears, so six games remaining.
0: Oh, dude, I didn't even write that one down. Holy crap! Thank you for letting me know. Let's let's go to that one real quick before I. uh, yeah.
1: uh If you want me to. Uh, How did I miss that? To take the lead Yeah. Here, s- my, start my, my over nice here. Opinion. So for me, um, we have the Bears five and a half point favorites against the Giants. Um, to me, this game, I, I just don't believe in the Bears yet. Um, I I definitely liked what I saw um, the comeback win. I, I like to root for Mitch just because people hate on him so much. But for me, I just I just don't see them. Um, fully having it together and I think the Giants I don't think the Giants are a great team obviously they have a terrible defense but but I think they can always put up points um so I'm just going to take the Giants uh with the points simply because I don't believe in the Bears um I think I think we still it could be easy Mitch could throw a couple picks um so so I'm just going to take the points here I, I don't love this game but but I'm just going to side with the team that's being given points as opposed to points taken away
0: right yeah I agree with you I'm not I'm not gonna put anything on this I don't I don't like the five and a half um, it, it's just it, when you've got two bad teams and two very inconsistent teams one is more inconsistent in the Bears because you know they've got Mitch who is so up and down you know he looked awful for three quarters he looked really bad for three quarters of a game and then really turned it on in the fourth. Uh, the Giants, meanwhile, depleted roster, bad offensive line. They're trying to build something there in this new regime with Joe Judge. Um, I'm I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Giants plus five and a half. I th- I think you know it goes back to what you're saying. You know, early on, the Lions were able to put up points on the Chicago defense, and I think I like the playmakers here with the Giants. You know, Darius Slayton. You've got you know um, you know Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. He needs a bounce-back game, and it's it's a tough front seven in Chicago, so that might be a little bit tough of an ask for him to really go out there and, and do more than he was capable of doing in week one. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be a close game. I could see this being a three-point game where the Bears squeak out by a field goal. I could even see the Giants win this one. You just have you have no idea really where these teams are at. So um, I'm going to agree with you. Go with the Giants on this one on the road taking on the Bears. Um, both teams after which you know if the Giants could pull this off would go back down to 500. Um, yeah. So thank you for catching that one. Um, I, I don't know yeah. why I didn't why I missed that. But we'll move on now. Now we will go to the late afternoon slate. We've got the uh, leaders of the NFC East, the Washington football team, traveling to Arizona to take on the 1-0 Cardinals. Um, Cardinals, they had as, as impressive of a win as anybody, really, in week one. You know, I, I, I love the Cardinals. There's a lot of hype around Kyler, a lot of hype around the offense, but the line is atrocious. The defense has, you know, solid pieces. Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones – a young rookie at linebacker uh, out of Clemson. So, but really not a great team. They go out there and they beat a really sound full roster in the 49ers. Meanwhile, the Washington football team they beat up on the Eagles, like we were saying. They get that come from behind win. It was very clunky. It was very fluky. You know, you don't get it that many times where a team is up by 17 and their quarterback, who we consider to be a good quarterback, throws two interceptions. Um, so really, Washington kind of got a little bit of a lucky break into this one. They traveled to Arizona. The Cardinals are favored by seven. Uh, Ted, what's your what's your breakdown of this game? Where are you going?
1: Yeah, I just I, I love the um, Cardinals this year. I really do. I think I think the Reds or excuse me, the Washington football team. They um, obviously it's great they got to the win, but I don't believe in them. Like you said, those two picks and just. I, they're playing the Eagles. I don't believe in the Eagles either. Exactly. I think the Cardinals, I just love I love everything against or about their offense. Um, I love the way that they came out and beat the 49ers, who's a great team. Um, I like the way that Kyler's running, but avoiding hits and sliding, which um, yes. I went back and watched that game. And actually, there's a lot of times he was sliding, and, and the 49ers were still hitting him kind of late. He only got the call a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um but I think he looks great. I love Kenyon Drake, um, and I absolutely love the way they use DeAndre Hopkins.
0: I think, I think sometimes when a when a receiver goes to a new team, it can take a little bit for them to develop that chemistry and for them to know how to work from the offense. But I just love that they're realizing how he's potentially the best player, and best receiver in the league. Um, so mm-hmm. get him his targets, get him his receptions. I just, I absolutely love the Cardinals. I, I threw this bet on Monday morning. I, yeah. I'm
1: so confident in this bet. So
0: me too. Yep, we see this the same way. I'm taking Cardinals to win by a touchdown. I think it's a blowout game. The, here's the crazy thing with the Cardinals: the way that their schedule plays out, and this is why this is why I put money on Kyler Murray for MVP. Not just based off the fact that um, you know we have this kind of system now where all these second-year quarterbacks are winning MVP with you know Mahomes and then Lamar, and now you've got you know an exciting season for Kyler Murray. He finished last year great. He looked phenomenal in Week One. Their schedule, man, the way that they play this off, there's going to be so much hype around the Cardinals. So they beat the 49ers, which, very unexpected result. Their next four games are against the Washington football team, the Detroit Lions, the Carolina Panthers, and the New York Jets. That's a 5-0 and start to me. I, I That's don't a think... 4-1
1: start. <laughs> yeah, <sure>. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. The Jets will beat the Cardinals, obviously, uh, because the Jets are going 15-1 and this year. Yeah, um yeah. But the Cardinals could be sitting here, you know, early on in the season atop that division. Um, You know, the way I had their record playing out, they finished fourth in the NFC West for me, but had a a very good record. I wish I still had it pulled up to see what I predicted them at. But it was a, I think it was 9 and, I think it might have been 10 and 6 even, or a 9 and 7 kind of finish. The schedule is so easy early on. Um, Kyler's going to look great. They're going to blow the roof off of the Washington football team. Only thing I will consider, Kyler will be running for his life, but thank God he can run for his life. Like, yep, that's that's exactly. what he's good at. And so uh, this secondary in Washington is pretty bad. Cardinals, minus seven. I, I agree with you. Monday morning, I put a lot of money on it. I feel really good about it. Yeah.
1: And and if I could just say one more thing. Yeah. um, Do you know off the top of your head, the Cardinals, what were they last year?
0: Four and 12? Yeah, they were oh, around there. They. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I, I just think it's so important that, that we all just take a second and realize that the Cardinals are, are one of the the most favorite. They're at the point where they're they're like a dark horse team, but they're the dark horse team that everyone's picking. Exactly. So really but but I just think it's so important that you you take a team who last year was one of
1: the worst, but you you could tell they were a good team, mm-hmm. and you can they're putting the pieces together, and now hopefully this year is the year where if you're a Cardinals fan, you say this is why it's worth it because right. we're doing the right things, and so. It, it, you are able to, to have a bad year but still be showing improvements. And mm-hmm. I just think that it's really important to just take a second to, to think about what that is. It's something I would love to happen to the Jets. But, um, hmm. but it, it's just one of those things where, where, where teams can get better over time and you just have to be doing the right things. You have to have the right management in place. So I, I absolutely love what the Cardinals are doing. I'm another team. I'm going to be riding all year.
0: So. Yeah, and you know what I'll, I'll say to bounce off of that? How smart of them to one season after Josh Rosen and Steve Wilkes say, okay, we're going to gut this. We don't care that it's you know a head coach with his first head coaching opportunity or a rookie quarterback that is just trying to get a feel for the NFL. They smartly said, okay, wait a minute, this isn't working. A lot of teams, the biggest problem they get into is they stick, just like you're saying with the Jets. They were way too hard on pressing things to make it work with Gase and, and Sam Darnold together. That's why Gase is still the head coach of the Jets. The the Cardinals were so smart. Every I, I gave them a lot of shit for it. I thought that that was way too early to give up, but it's, it's, it's the smart move. You're extremely right about the way that they were last year. Consider the Seahawks and the 49ers were some of the best teams in football. The Rams are a very good football team, and then you have a, a head coach and, and quarterback making their league debuts. Five wins isn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm exactly. with you. I, I like what the Cardinals are doing. I think it's so smart of them to uh, to to you know pull the plug on Josh Rosen and Steve Wilkes and, and make this move into this completely different look too. I mean Kyler and Cliff is just a you know a total shift in philosophy. So good on the Cardinals. Uh, we we've talked all off season about how we love the Cardinals and Kyler. You know I wasn't surprised that we would agree here on this one. I'm gonna yeah. pr- I'm gonna predict we finish these last four games out going. We're we're gonna agree on all four of them. That's that's my that's my pick here. Um, okay. So we're going to go here. Very exciting game um, in, in Houston. Uh, late afternoon game on CBS. The 1-0 Baltimore Ravens who absolutely destroyed the Browns in week one. Lamar Jackson looked beautiful. And, hey, Lamar Jackson was in the pocket for the most of that game. He didn't need to run at all, almost, and looked terrific uh, as a as a quarterback. So let's, let's put behind any ideas that he's not, you know, he, he. You know maybe the league will catch up to him. He's a very good quarterback. Taking on the Texans and Deshaun Watson, who um, really, you know, playing the Chiefs, it's the Chiefs, man. The Chiefs are great. There's not much you're going to be able to do. Um, you know, David Johnson did look good in his Houston debut. The defense has a couple guys on there. Zach Cunningham is a good linebacker, a, a great linebacker. I um, mean, Deshaun Watson is... Just like Lamar, one of the brightest young quarterbacks in the league, uh, the Ravens on the road, favored by a touchdown. Uh, Teddy, where are you going?
1: Um. Yeah. So for me, uh, it's just simply the Ravens. I think the Texans. Mm-hmm. The Texans are the type of team um, that can be good. I think, kind of like the uh, like, like I said about the Vikings. They, they, I, I can feel confident in them when they're playing average teams or below average teams. But, but when they're up against these juggernauts, I just I just don't think they have the talent. I love Deshaun, um, and I think he's going to do everything he can to, uh, for this team to win. But I just think without DeAndre Hopkins, I think it's just too much of a task to ask for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and why bet against the Ravens? Why, why do that? Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till the Ravens show me that they're not gonna that they're not gonna be great before I start picking them to um, to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just want to – how about those Texans? The Texans having to go Chiefs-Ravens between Dude, one and two.
0: That's tough. Brutal start to a season. You know, you have yeah. to face two of the best franchises in the league. The, the Ravens – look, I, I am all for, you know, the Chiefs are my Super Bowl pick and all that. You know, I, I think that they're going to be the team that comes out of the AFC. The right. The Ravens have the best roster in football. They do. Top to bottom, best roster. Um, they're way better on defense than the Chiefs are. The Chiefs, to me, it's just where Mahomes kind of takes them over the edge and the talent on the outside that the Ravens just, you know, they've got Marquise Brown, they've got good receivers, but it's not Tyreek, Sammy Watkins, Micole Hardman, Travis Kelsey. Like, that's that's where they differ. But the Ravens, top to bottom, have the best roster. Um, yep. They are all bought into this philosophy on how they operate as a football team. Um, I agree, Ravens minus seven, I'm going to take them. I think they win by double digits. And look, I think that the Texans will be a good football team this year. I picked them to finish 9-7, tied with the Titans and Colts. I had all three of them going 9-7 this year. Um, And I think they actually, the way that it worked out with the tiebreakers, they got into the playoffs as well, too. So I don't think that they're a bad team. I, okay, so no, let me change what I'm saying. I don't think they're a, a great team, but Deshaun Watson just makes them a yeah. great football team. Yeah. You know, it, it it's, it's just like I talk about with these quarterbacks. Like, I get so frustrated watching the Texans. I, I want to root against them because they play the Colts twice a year, and I want the Colts to win the division. But... It's so frustrating to see a team that can't protect Deshaun Watson that he has to do this much to to stay in close games. Like, you shouldn't have to ask your quarterback to do that much. Um, I think this game will get away from them pretty early, and then the Ravens will just run down their throats. Um, And so I'm taking the Ravens to win by over a touchdown. Ted, I don't know if you're getting notifications on your phone. Uh, Crowder officially out against the 49ers this week.
1: Oh, of course, of course.
0: Gaze has a Gace has a pretty strong quote here. Probably our best player on offense the last two years. It's true. It is. Yeah, it really is. So. <laughs> Which is
1: kind of sad and shows how he doesn't know how to run an offense. But exactly.
0: <laughs> so um, yeah.
1: Just one last thing. I want. I, I just want to reiterate on the Texans. Um, like you said, I, I don't. I don't see the Texans um, being a bad team this year uh, with Deshaun. and that's. But. Last, year, last week, I picked the Chiefs. This week, I'm very confident in the Ravens. I, I just don't want that to come across. Like, I think the Texans are a bad team. Um, I agree with you. I think I think they'll get their wins. I just don't think it'll be against these upper echelon teams.
0: Right, right. They'll get their wins against the Jaguars. They'll they'll probably split the uh, series with the Colts and the Titans. They'll get their wins. It's just when you when you start off against the Chiefs and Ravens, you're going to start the season 0 and 2. So, yeah, completely yeah. agree with you there. So we got one of those down. Three games left that I said we are going to go four for four on to finish out the night. Um, we are going to go to the Chiefs now, who have got an AFC battle. They're traveling over to Los Angeles uh, to take on the Chargers in that new stadium. Both teams 1-0. Chargers squeak out a, a very close victory on the road in Cincinnati week one, uh, in, in thanks to, to, to Fat Randy missing that first uh, that game-tying field goal. Um, the Chiefs looked amazing. They looked better than they did last year because they have an even stronger running game uh, led by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who led the league in rushing in week one. Uh, Chiefs enter this one. Nine-point favorites. This is what we've seen. One of us, in both of these nine-point spreads, take the points. Uh, you taking the Panthers plus nine. Me taking the uh, Jaguars plus nine. Ted, where are you going with the Chiefs-Chargers?
1: Blake, remember what I just said about the Ravens? Why well, bet against the Ravens? Right. Multiply that by A, a thousand. A thousand. Why would you bet against the Chiefs, especially against a bad team like the Chargers? Minus nine, that's nothing. Yeah. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. This is another one I took on Monday morning. Yep. I think I got it eight and a half, so it's a lock and a half. So I'm feeling confident.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. This is a double-digit win for the Chiefs. What's frustrating is I i did I, – I know we talked about this on how my, my podcast for my season predictions, I watched the first week of the regular season because I wanted to see these teams play – uh, before watching the Chargers and the Bengals, I had high expectations for the Chargers, and they're trying to mold the offense to fit Tyrod Taylor, and it's what Anthony Lynn wants to do, but it doesn't involve some of their best players. Like They need to find ways to get Keenan Allen involved, and it, the way that the offense is running, it just doesn't seem to match up as well, which is why I was surprised that they extended him if this is going to be what their offense looks like. Um, obviously, he's a great receiver, so you you want to keep your best players around, but it just seems like... It's a lot. It's going to be a lot more Hunter Henry and Mike Williams this season. Uh, but I agree. Why bet against the Chiefs? I got them winning by double digits. It's the best team in football. Best quarterback. Great head coach. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I would consider in this game. Uh, the, the the Chargers do need to get the run game more involved too. Um, you know, I, I need to see more out of Austin Eckler than I did last week. Um, and then defensively for them, they've got a great pass rush, but. Um, it seems to still be the same problems the last three years. Every time I talk about the Chargers, I'm like, you need linebacker help, and you need help in the middle of that defense. And they did right. they did get Linval Joseph from the Vikings, which I, I was excited about. They drafted a linebacker in the first round this year. Of course, losing a guy like Derwin James um, for the season sucks. It's, a, it's one of the most talented players in football that we don't get to watch play. Um, I agree. Chiefs, minus nine, take it all day. You got it at eight and a half. That's even better. All right, so two games left. Going to Sunday Night Football, a rematch of Super Bowl 52? Is, was it 52? 51? Those What's,
1: numbers always confuse me.
0: Wait, what Super Bowl are we even... Uh, is this year 55? will
1: be this year.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So it's got... I yeah. think it's 52. I don't know. Either way, we've got the Patriots traveling to the West Coast to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Patriots 1-0. They won by 10 against the Dolphins. Completely different look offensively for them. Very exciting to see what Josh McDaniels does with Cam Newton and this power run offense. Meanwhile, the Seattle Seahawks, they also are changing their offense a lot, but they've still got the same guys there. They are going to let Russ cook this season. Oh, yeah. They opened opened up the playbook for him. And I think it's so smart to realize, you know, Pete Carroll had to take a look at this roster and say, okay, the strength of our team is no longer our defense. Yeah, we've got Jamal Adams. Yeah, we've got Bobby Wagner. But the rest of the pieces. Sorry, what?
1: Jamal Adams who?
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry, never heard of him. Very, very uh, up-and-coming safety that, um, you know, it just didn't work out on this really bad team on the East Coast.
1: Oh, yeah, I've never heard
0: of him. Never heard of him? Yeah. He's one of those guys that I definitely would be like, uh, oh, he's dead to me if I was a Jets fan. Um, Yeah. So, anyway, so, you know, the Seahawks, they got to look at their team and say, okay, the strength is no longer our defense. It used to be in the Legion of Boom days. And, sure, Pete Carroll is a defensive-minded coach, but smart of him to realize the strength of the team is on offense. It's with Russ. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, get Chris Carson involved in the pass game. They looked great against Atlanta. They enter the game minus four. Um, so a little bit of a tight one. It's a close one to take. Uh, Ted, uh, give me your thoughts on the Seahawks. I, I know you've got some strong takes on them and then give me this pick specifically.
1: Yeah, so um, Seahawks I they're, they're my Super Bowl team this year. I think I think they're definitely um, that would be my pick obviously. Picking that with Jamal Adams definitely kind of hurts me. I feel like I'm betraying my fellow Jets fans. But but I just think they're a great team. And exactly what you're saying, they're letting Russ cook. Um, like I kind of said with Adam Gase, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I pay attention to a lot of football. And I feel like the the one of the more general takes over these past two years has been that the Seahawks just need to l- open up that playbook and let mm-hmm. Russ cook, you know? Yep. And so, so I think especially with them um, – Doing that, I think I love your Kyler Murray MVP pick. I think Russ as an MVP um, yeah. is also a great pick. Um, and and so I put my stake in the Rams. I put my stake in the Colts, and I put my stake in the Cardinals. I'm going to do that again with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be, I plan on taking them all year. Yeah. Um, I just I, I love Russ. I love DK. I love Tyler Lockett. Who is he going to be back this week?
0: Um, I'm not sure. Wait, but he, Tyler Lockett played last week.
1: Oh, maybe I'm just confused.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he played. I started him in defense. Yeah, some well,
1: I love him. I, I like Chris Carson, even if the, his role is not going to be as big. I just I think he's very um, talented back. I think their defense is good. You got Jamal Adams, who obviously is is just uh, a, a great player. Oh yeah. Um, all hate aside, but but so so I love the Seahawks, and I, and I I I like what the Patriots did last week with Cam, but I also think. They're playing the Dolphins. I I just mm-hmm. think it's going to take them more time to be able to beat the Seahawks week two. So so I I'm agree. picking the Seahawks and I'm I'm loving
0: it. Yeah, I agree. It's a very it's a very different opponent than than the Dolphins. Uh, you know, taking on the the Seahawks now in week two. Um, the the only thing that would concern me is that the the Seahawks need to make sure they're making the most of their drives because what I see New England trying to do is just keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands and they are just going to run. A million times if as long as the game is close. So like, I expect on that first drive, it is going to be milking the clock for the Patriots and they're just going to try and get, you know, five yards a carry, try and just work their way slowly down the field, get in the end zone. They're going to try and keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands and, 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 and rightfully so to have that approach. Um, so that's the only way that I would consider maybe this one could get a little bit tricky for the Seahawks is if they're not getting that many, you know, if they're losing the time of possession battle and they're not converting on all the chances that they get, um, I am going to take the Seahawks minus four. I think they probably win by a couple of field goals. It will be an interesting game. I'm with you on the Seahawks. I've got them as a, as a strong playoff team. I think I had them finishing the season 11-5, and five, um, which... You know it is a is a great season considering how tough the division is um so i'm with you seahawks minus four it'll be a it'll be a really fun game to watch though too because both of these teams are so different than the last time they played against each other that it's like oh let's see what they can do now when you know the way that they're constructed yeah. so
1: yeah I'm, I'm excited for sure
0: yeah so perfect so we we went three for three so far like i was saying all agreeing on the ravens chief seahawks so we've got one game left monday night football It is the debut of the Las Vegas uh, football stadium, which looks unbelievably cool. Uh, The New Orleans Saints, fresh off a nine-point victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home in week one, they entered the game as five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Las Vegas Raiders, who, like what we were saying earlier, uh, won a a back-and-forth game with the uh, Carolina Panthers. To me, it's, you know, the Saints are a really good team, and the Raiders are a team that wants to be really good but is, you know, missing a lot of pieces. Um, Ted, we're not sure what's going to happen with Michael Thomas. I'll give you my thoughts on him in terms of being healthy and being ready to play um, when I when I when when you pass it back over to me. But give me your thoughts on this game um, and, and, and where we going on Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously have no insider knowledge. I'm going into this just um, thinking that he's not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I I'm not gonna doubt Drew Brees. I know I know Michael Thomas is a big part of that offense. But like I said about um Big Ben earlier, we Drew Brees has been Drew Brees before Michael Thomas was there. Right. Um. I think. I just think um, in primetime games, Monday Night Football, they they're just gonna show up. Um, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, they're just gonna show up. So so I'm picking the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't have any crazy analysis really. I just I like the Saints, especially in a primetime game. I, I yeah. like that a lot.
0: I agree with you. The Saints are one of those teams, you know, I don't have them on the same tier as the um, the Ravens and the Chiefs, but they are a team that brought back essentially their entire roster. Um, they added in Emmanuel Sanders, which, you know, I, I'm not, I like I, I just want the Saints to get a, a really good wide receiver too. Like, if we're going to give Russ, if we're going to give Russ, you know, DK and Tyler Lockett, if we're going to give Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, like, Just get Drew Brees a really good wide receiver too. It always seems like we're halfway through the season and it's Traquan Smith that's you know second in receiving yards. And it's just like, let's just get him someone that's great to go alongside Michael Thomas. My thing with the Michael Thomas injury, I'm going to be so pissed off if he ends up playing this game Monday night because they are so committed to winning the Super Bowl this year. If you take a look at the way that the salaries are structured... After this season, they are going to have to jump ship. It's already known that Drew Brees is playing his last season. He has a job with NBC Sports as soon as his year wraps up. He This is the last year to make it work with this regime. And so what they've done is they've kind of put themselves in a little bit of a hole here where it goes into, okay, even if we want to try and still contend beyond next year without Drew Brees, the, the salary cap is all sorts of fucked up. So my thing is, why are we going to play Michael Thomas who has a high ankle sprain, one of the toughest injuries you know, yes. that, that linger on throughout a season, if you let it, like you have a really good team. Let's not try and hurt Michael Thomas more. Let's not make that a broken ankle. Let's not make it a lingering injury. I would sit Michael Thomas out for multiple weeks until he is 150% ready because if this is the year that you guys have to win a Super Bowl to make things work in New Orleans, I want a fully healthy team. And to lose the most important piece of that offense would just – be so dumb because he wanted to play him week two against the, the Raiders.
1: Right, I, I agree. And you know he's going to want to play. I, I know. Think, I think the team's just got to make the right decision. you gotta,
0: you got to force him to sit out. He's been sitting out of practice. He said he feels excellent. Please, New Orleans, do not play Michael Thomas. If you really want to make this thing work, just let him rest. But
1: would be a move.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I agree. I've got the Saints minus five and a half. Um, I, I really do. I, I get excited about the Raiders' offense. Um, you know, I, I don't love, uh, I don't love Derek Carr, but I do like what we saw out of Henry Ruggs. Josh Jacobs is a monster, um, yeah. but the, the defense is awful. Sean Payton is going to just pick them apart for 60 minutes straight, Michael Thomas or not. And so I agree. Saints minus five and a half to finish off Week Two. So, uh, so perfect. So we did finish out those final four in a you know agreeing four out of four on them. Um, just to recap our differences that we hear that we have here, I am on the Falcons plus four and a half. You took the Cowboys minus four and a half. Uh, we differed in the Buccaneers Panthers, Bucks, I took Bucks minus nine. you took Panthers plus nine. Broncos Steelers, we disagree. I took Broncos plus seven and a half. You took Steelers minus seven and a half. Um, I, I'm gonna say we agreed on the 49ers, even though you refused to pick, but uh, just in <laughs> case we want to throw that out there, I've got 49ers minus seven. Teddy's got uh, nothing. We disagree on the Titans and the Jags. I got Jags plus nine. You've got Titans minus nine. And other than that, we agree on everything. And we agree on those late afternoon games, the Cardinals, Ravens, Chiefs, Seahawks, Saints. Um, those are all, you know, pretty strong ones that we feel confident in. Um, Ted, are there any other bets out there before we wrap things up that you that you have so far going in? and Have you taken any props, any over-unders? Is there anything juicy that you want to provide for everyone?
1: Um. The only thing that I um, have really dived in, I'm trying to keep my betting uh, mostly to spreads because um, yeah. I'm not trying to go crazy, but I I do think that, um, I don't know what Clyde Edwards or over under in rushing yards will be, but I think that's probably a great bet as long as it's under like 70 yards, honestly, yeah. just because I think they're going to be running out running the ball. They're going to have a lead trying to be running that clock. Um um and and I I also and eh, no I'll leave it there.
0: Leave it there. All right, good. I'll give yeah. I'll give one over under that I really like. I'm taking the over in the uh, Packers Lions game. I got it at forty seven and a half. Um, I think if anything, you know, the Lions will probably be able to put up a couple touchdowns, but I think the uh, the Packers just go out there and demolish that defense. So that'll be the one other one that I'd give. Um, Ted, I I really had fun with this one. I'm excited to see how it works out. We'll have the graphic up there probably. Uh sometime this weekend and and hopefully you enjoyed this enough where you want to come back again um hopefully uh we we win some money out here hopefully if you were on the fence about some of these picks and you heard us talk about it that you go ahead and 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 ride with us on this um anything else that you want to add on before we we wrap things up
1: yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I had a blast. I want to say thanks for having me on. Um, I do want to just apologize to Tyler Lockett. He had eight receptions for 92 yards last week. So,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: pretty great, game. Oh, yeah, I great don't, game. I don't know what I was thinking of. Um, but, yeah, I had a blast. Uh, we'll see how our picks go, and uh, we'll see if I'm back next week. I'll it's, leave it on a
0: cliffhanger. Exactly, yeah. Oh, the one last thing I, I did want to mention, I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, it just came out, LeBron robbed of another MVP. I mean, that's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah, I think
1: it, it just had to happen with the way the season um went. Yeah. I think that the the playoffs kind of made that look a little sillier. Um Right. But but I, I mean I, I, I think with the stats, uh you just had to go with with Giannis. I don't agree, but I don't see any reason in, in complaining. Lakers are got, gonna get their uh their championship here exactly. Soon, so LeBron, I'm feeling
0: good. LeBron won't care as long as he gets that title and they seem to be in a pretty good position for yeah. that, so just want yeah, to get I your think, thoughts just, on
1: that. I don't think any other team has the talent they do. I don't think they have the bigs. I don't think no. any. I just. I, I think the Lakers are going to win.
0: All the other teams that are remaining are like, ooh, these. they could be building something really nice, but they're not at the. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know what? Bush. We made it the entire time. Bush, come here. You did so well for an hour and 15 minutes, and then we've got people walk right outside our apartment. All right. Well, that Bush is gonna is gonna sound things off for us. We're gonna wrap it up here. Ted, thanks so much for coming on. Maybe we'll see you back next week. If not, I'll be back giving my picks for week three. The pod will be back early next week, breaking down what we see over the weekend. Uh, Ted, thanks again. I really appreciate your time. And uh, let's let's go make some money. Oh
1: yeah. Thanks, Blake. All right. See, see you then.